The Tennis Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast now are presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our new SGPN Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's currently Friday night, July 22nd. I'm your host, Scott Reichel, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, Sam Jacob. We're going to go through a couple of semifinals matchups in Gestad and Hamburg. First of all, Sam, how's it going with you? How's your tennis betting week been so far? Uh, it's it's been pretty good. I hit my first one, my lock from last uh, last podcast, uh, with the over in the Alcaraz in that first match back. Uh, he went over in every single first match tor- in the tournaments um, in clay court tournaments this year, and uh, I just thought he was he would hit that over twenty two and a half and end up going over twenty two and a half. Um, now I did. I did also bet Alcaraz today because I thought he would have more of his, his stride back, and he ended up destroying Kakanov today. So that also helped me. But I did take Serendolo at the minus three and a half games today. Um, he lost five games straight, straight in the second set. All he had to do is win that second set once he won the first set, 6-3. Yeah, he was up, you what, know, four, That's four, what happened. That one? Yep. That's what I thought. So, yeah, that was a bit unfortunate. As for me, from the last episode, I was the opposite. I lost my lock. I hit my dog. However, your dog is still alive. You have the top half. Top half. In Gestad. And right now, realistically, based on the money lines we'll talk about, should be Casper Ruud. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens there. But either way, I ended up having Jari over two and a half sets against uh, Montero. Uh, three sets, three breakers, fun time for the over. But either way, that cashed. So we both made money on the last episode, and hopefully we'll keep it rolling here. But before we actually get into Gestad and talk about the semifinals and the outright odds as of right now, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor. Make sure to get down on the wins bet $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet for their reduced juice in baseball games, which makes them the best place to bet MLB. And if you also bet $500 on sports or casino before July 31st, get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are Loud. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the SGPN crew. Just go to Sports Gambling podcast.com slash discord welcome back everyone to the tennis gambling podcast now well before we went on break we talked quickly about how we did on the last show did pretty well now it's time to get into the actual semifinal matchups in gestad and hamburg 
I think we'll do Gestad first because the matches take place at about 5 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. So chronologically speaking, we'll go through Gestad first. Uh, Sam, you have a preference on matches? Should we just stick with the actual order of matches? Well, yeah, we're, if we're going by time, chronological order, we got Team and Berrettini on at 5 a.m. Um, I think it's a great match to be looking forward to. It's a real, real test now to see if Team uh, is really coming back to his full form. Now, Berrettini, you know, he's 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 his rank right now is top, is a fifteenth place, but it really shouldn't be. It's it's actually kind of ridiculous that he's fifteenth right now. Um, I'm not sure if it was because of the grass courts. I know that Wimbledon you didn't get any points for, so you couldn't climb the rankings. But he's really one of the top five, six guys in the world at the moment. And uh, team's going to have to play him in a, in a surface that team does love historically clay. And I think. I think with the odds being, what what is it, um, a team at plus 140. Yeah. He's got a shot. You know, he's definitely got a shot. It's close to almost a coin flip at this point, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting to see what happens. About three weeks ago or two weeks ago, team had lost about seven in a row. He beat a random qualifier, and then he lost to Bagness in three sets. And then after that, he just flipped the switch and looked like the team of old. So he's looked great. Uh, definitely a good thing for us because team's one of our favorite players. And I'm hoping that it's not just Clay. I'm hoping he can actually uh, translate some of the success to the hardcore season because I do want to see him do well in the U.S. Open. Now, Berrettini has not played many Clay matches this season, and that's definitely going to be a bit of a concern. However, we know that the serve is great. We know the forehand's great. And even the backhand looked good against Gasquet. He did get into a bit of hot water in his last matches. He went three against Pedro Martinez, while team had a difficult two-set match. I can't say that it was a blowout, you know, two-nothing, but at the end of the day, he still ended up not dropping a set. Do you think that the extra time, potentially off the court, because Berrettini had to play three sets and he was in a bit of a marathon, do you think that might swing it enough in teams' favor, or do you think that Berrettini still gets it done? Well, I really, I don't, I'm not looking too much into that Berrettini three um, set match. Uh, yeah, it was against Pedro Martinez, as a decent clay court player, not on Bar- Berrettini's level. But in the third set, he absolutely destroyed him. He beat him six one and had a total of eight break points just in that set alone. Um, I think Berrettini, when the going gets tough, tough gets going, and that's what Berrettini did today against Pedro Martinez and was able to beat him in that third set. I think it's very close. I don't think there's really a tip in the scale here. I think Berrettini is more established, and team is still trying to get his full um, his full play back. So. I'm gonna side with the little Berrettini with Berrettini here. Um, the money line at minus one sixty. One sixty. I don't really want to lay, but uh, I think Berrettini's going to get the job done. I don't like either at plus one thirty team or minus one sixty Berrettini. What I do like is the over though. I think the over is a good play because it's going to be a really really close match. You could it's a over twenty two and a half and minus one twenty five, and uh, you could see a tie break in a six four, and you could cash that over, or we could easily see three sets in. You know what happens. Yeah, I like the over as well. I think if I was going to play Berrettini, it would probably be 2-1, which is mm-hmm. around plus 320. 
So, oh, you can, so I think that's a decent option if you think it's going to be a war over two and a half sets is plus 135 too. But it wouldn't exactly shock me if team potentially gets steamrolled because Berrettini, we can agree, is the best player that he's played in several months, arguably the entire year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he beat Batista Agud. Is that his current best opponent that he's faced? I think so, yeah. So he won that one, but of course it's worth mentioning. But still, I think Berrettini is going to find a way to get it done. I'm not betting the side, though. I like the over. And I think if you want to take some value plays and maybe take some shots on uh, Berrettini or team, depending on who you like in three sets, I do expect to see a bit of a marathon. Now, moving on to the... Second match, it's going to be Kaspar Ruud, who's the tournament favorite that I know we both liked to win the tournament. And he's, he's against uh, Ramos Vinolas. Ramos Vinolas had the very nice three-set win against Jari. Third set tiebreaker, 10-8, was an absolute war. While Ruud had a couple tiebreaks of his own, ended up winning in straight sets against Munar. Sam Ruud's about a minus 450 favorite. However, Ramos Vinolas is 4-2 and two in the head-to-head. Do you think there's any potential value really at all in this match? Because I'm trying to find an angle. Like, do you want to lay four and a half with Rude? Do you want to take a shot there with Ramos Vanolas to keep it close? Where are you going with this match? Uh, yeah, it's really tough here. Um, I, I think it's four and a half is just way too much yeah. for the, the tennis that's being played right now. We saw Rude come out today, and he was supposed to absolutely smack him down against Munar, and it went two tie breaks. He won seven six seven six. So he won straight sets. He was up a break in both sets, but he forfeited the break advantage in both yeah, sets. Yeah, I so. mean that that'll cancel it out right yeah. there. You get broken, you get the break. That cancels it out. So just saying, um, the framework was there for an easy rude win you can argue that he made it more difficult than he needed it to be well you gotta finish yeah i know I, I, i'm not trying to come up with full excuses but i am saying that even though it went straight sets root still had, looked pretty good i'm not gonna overreact to it you know right yeah he had the returning capabilities yeah 100 percent. i agree with you there and root is still the best player here in clay court but when you look at the odds um it's tough and minus 450 you really can't lay that you never uh, minus four, it's just too much, and you know you don't want to go with Ramos Vignolas. I would side with if if I'm picking the game spread, I'm going to side with Ramos here. I think uh, Ramos is a very interesting type of player where he could get very close. He could force a tie break. Um, he also could get a set. In there, it's possible. I, I don't think he's going to pull out with the match at all. I think Casper Ruud's going to break him down, especially because Ramos Vinales just had two matches where it went three sets. But I like the plus four and a half on the side here, and, and probably the over as well because yeah. I just I can't take I can't take anything um, like a under twenty and a half or anything like that. So. I, I think I'm with you there. I'm leaning towards the over. I, I think that you could see a 7-6 in here, maybe even three sets. I guess the one concern is that both players are not exactly good servers. So you could see a 6-2 set, which would not surprise me. And then your over is kind of shot. But if you want to actually compare the time on the court, uh, Ramos Vinolas ended up having a three-set marathon, which took about two hours and 51 minutes. And then you look at what Rude's match was, and Rude's match was straight sets, but it was about two hours and 17 minutes. So it wasn't actually separated by that much. It was about by half an hour, and Ramos played a full set. So if you're worried about fatigue, Ramos should be the more fatigued guy. But one kind of tip, if you want to actually value or at least qu try to quantify fatigue, ignore the actual length of the match 
and look at the time on the court. Or length is in like games, like avoid the actual scoreboard. Just try to look at the actual time they were on the court. And it's a lot closer than people might think. But yeah, if you, if you have a match that goes uh, to a tie break, two tie breaks even, but each point is, you know, three shots, you're not going to get as fatigued as if you're having a war where you're going, you know, two and a half hours, mm-hmm. um, even, even in like two sets sometimes if there's an absolute war um, versus like an hour and a half. You know, one's going to be more fatigued than the other, obviously. Yeah, that's kind of my point. I still like Root in the matchup, right. though. Uh, we just saw them play on grass, which, you know, is not exactly going to be a good comparison, but I made money on Ramos Vinolas in our first ever show against Root, so that was nice. But still, Root won in straight sets there. He's a much better player. And even though on clay, Ramos has been doing decently against Root, you look at the last couple of head-to-head meetings, and Root has fared well. I think that eventually Ramos is going to run out of gas, and I think Rude is going to beat him potentially 6-2 or 6-1 in a set. But the last two meetings on – actually, no, the last meeting on Clay was in 2020, and Rude won that one 7-6-6-2, which kind of is what I just said. You might end up having a tiebreaker first set, and your over is still not clear because you might see a 6-2 or a 6-1 in the second set. But I think Rude's going to win. I think Ramos could take a set, but – at the end of the day, uh, there's really nowhere to find value. It's, it's really so tricky to find anything here. Uh, do you like a value play on over two and a half sets at plus 160, or you just think Root smacks him? I think there's a, a possibility um, that Root comes out big. Uh, I don't think – I think that the game's going to go over at the tw- in the 20 and a half. I, I like that for a 7-5, 6-4, opportunity. I can't I, – I just can't go with the over two and a half here. Like you said, it's, it's really going to be tough to find value in this match. Um, you can tell I mean, I'm, I'm trying to dig for something. Yeah, if you, maybe going for – I don't know. This is kind of crazy. But over nine and a half games in the first set. Okay, I, mean, I, can, I can get behind that. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that Root comes out. The issue is that it's possible that Root comes out huge and just destroys them. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's a better chance that this game goes over um, the 20 and a half and is a little bit competitive, even if Root comes out and beats them 2 nothing. Yeah, I think we're kind of on the same page here. I'm going to lean to Ramos plus 4.5, but I don't feel great about it. Mm-hmm. And I'll lean to the over. Just because they've seen each other a lot, especially on clay, and they've had competitive matches in the past. So I'm hoping Ramos can hang in there, force maybe one breaker, and you might be home free. But now time to transition over to the other clay tournament. And it's going to be Hamburg. And we have one guy who was the huge favorite before the tournament started with Alcaraz. He's now minus 330. I believe he opened minus 150. It wasn't easy because he had to go uh, third set tiebreaker in the first round. So that was definitely a bit of a sweat there, but he pulled it out. Then he hasn't dropped the set since. And to go through the actual matchups, we'll start with the other one. You have Musetti taking on Sarundolo. Musetti's a favorite here at minus 125, which might surprise some people because Sarundolo just won a clay tournament last week and he's still alive. He's in the semis for this one. Do you think there's value on Sir and Sarundolo, or do you think that there's a reason why he's an underdog? 
Uh, yeah, what scares me here is the fact that he's an underdog at plus 100 with all the momentum on his side and the performances that he's been putting up recently. Yes, he won three sets against Karatsev. Yes, he ended up losing five games in a row in the second set, but he's still put up, putting up a hell of a performance and winning the matches every time. Now he's going up against a guy like Musetti who has been playing well this tournament and is better on clay court than any other surface, but really has not been putting up the performances that he wants to be putting up. Um, and Cerndolo ends up being the underdog here. It's a little bit weird. It's a little bit sketchy. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's value on Cerndolo at plus 100. Yeah, I think the value is actually on Musetti, if I had to pick somebody, because he had the much easier match. Uh, recently, Cerndolo had to go three against Karatsev, Musetti dominated Davidovich Fakina, and you're looking at the head-to-head. Musetti actually has done decently against him. So I think Musetti's going to win. However, I do like the over. I can see a lot of ebbs and flows in this matchup. We've seen Sarundalo have big moments in matches, and he even won a title out of it. But the issue is consistency, and it seems like his energy tends to dip every now and then. Musetti's kind of the same way. So I'm kind of just hoping that they take turns on who's going to be performing well, maybe per set. And you might end up seeing a 1-1 going into the third. So for me, I'm going to look at the over. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see a competitive match. But I think Musetti has enough energy left in the tank to get the job done. Yeah, I like this over a lot as well. I think this has a very good chance of going three sets. I like the three sets at plus 135. That's the over two and a half sets at plus 135. And then you could get the over in games at 21 and a half minus 150, 22 and a half minus 110, something around there. Yeah. Uh, I got to like that. I think they're very evenly matched. I don't think Serendola is going to go down without a fight. I think he should for uh, win a set. He could force a tie break. Either way, that helps you with the total games. Um, I think this is one of those moments where you see both of these guys and you see a name like Serendolo right now and you see plus 100 and you get excited. But then you realize something's up here uh, and you just get a hunch and you get a feeling and you get that pit in your stomach. So um, I'm going to stay away from the side here. I think I, I think Musetti actually pulls off this match. Uh, but... Uh, I think it's going to hit the over. I think it'll probably. I think I, I like it going over three and a half, two and a half sets at plus one thirty five. Yeah, I think that's where the value lies. But I think we would agree under normal rest for both players, Sarandola mm-hmm. would be a favorite. So the it fact that he's be. a dog, I think, makes it extremely concerning about fatigue, which is why I'm going to lean to Musetti. And then we're going to pivot to the most competitive match based on the odds. Just kidding. Uh, you have Alcaraz taken on Molkan. Alcaraz casual minus nine hundred favorite. Uh, Molkan ended up playing about a set and a quarter because Chorich got injured again. I believe he hurt his groin, and Molkan ended up pulling out the match there via retirement. And you had Alcaraz, who had one of the best matches of his career, and he just absolutely demolished Kakanov 6-0-6-2. Sam, we mentioned how difficult it is to find value on the Rude match. How the hell do you find value with a minus 900? It's tough. It really is tough. Um, you got to take a look at these spreads and see what the odds are here to try to find some value. I'm seeing a minus four and a half game spread at uh, heavy minus 185 or minus five and a half at plus 100. In order to make those plays, you have to be confident that this guy is going to absolutely take over and destroy the other player. The other player doesn't play well on the surface. Something of that sort 
on here, I can't really say that that's what's going to exactly happen. Yes, he could win 6-3, 6-3. Fair enough. But Mokan hasn't had the worst um, clay court uh, season. He really hasn't. He w- he's beaten Kakanov earlier this season. He's beaten Demonauer earlier this season. Has he made such huge runs in these tournaments? No, but like you said, it's very, very tough to find value here. The only thing, though, is it has a lot of merit when it comes to the minus five and a half games is how badly Alcaraz destroyed Kakanov today. 6-0, 6-2. I mean, he absolutely wrecked him. If he caught, if Alcaraz comes out big like he did yesterday, he absolutely can destroy Mulcan again. Um, like you said, Mulcan, he got through because of retirement from Korich. He was, up, he was up a set, but still. He yeah, he was up a set, and he also beat Karina Busta in the previous round. Mm. But Alcaraz is on another level. It's really tough. It's Like you said, it's very tough to find value. So I'm not exactly sure which side I'm going to go with. You can't really you can't pick a money line minus 900. So um, uh, it's tough. I'm probably going to go with, if I had to pick a side, if I'm going to pick a total under 20 and a half at minus 150. Save yourself on the 6'4", six, 6'4". Four, six, four. You could take an under 19 and a half at minus 110, but you get to save yourself on a 6'4", six, 6'4", four, six, four opportunity, or for some reason, 7'6". I was going to say, even a 7'5", you might get a 6'2", in the second set. Right, you could do that as well. So I'm, I would lay the juice there. Give me a little something back. Give me a 6'4", six, 6'4". Four, six, four. I don't have to cover a full minus 5 and a half, and I could have Alcaraz cruise on to this final. It's really tough, as we've said before. I'm going to take the games. I'm going to take five and a half at minus 135. The thing is, Alcaraz, we know, is the much better player. And there's a reason why he was a minus favorite going into the tournament. Now, both of us thought it was ridiculous because of the lack of overall titles that he has up to this point. And he almost lost in the first round against the qualifier. So I'm not going to say that we were wrong. I mean, the fact is, Alcaraz is still a very good player. However, I wonder how much the odds makers have over-adjusted to his dominant performance against Kakanov. Because you look at the first two rounds, and I said before he ended up beating Kuhn in a third set breaker, and Kuhn got injured in the middle of the third set. So Kuhn was actually potentially in a shot to win the match. I don't think he would have, but the point is it went to a breaker. And then he was down a break in the first set against Krajinovic in the next round, broke back at 5-4, won the set in a breaker, and then won the second set 6-3. And then he absolutely dominated Kakanov. But I feel like if he ended up beating Kakanov like 6-4, 6-4, you'd probably see this line closer to 4.5 in my opinion. I think that mm-hmm. the odds makers have over-adjusted to how good Alcaraz played yesterday. And I'm going to dare him to do it again. I think that's one of the best matches he ever played. And I think as a result, Mokan's a bit undervalued on the five and a half. And we've seen Alcaraz get off the slow starts. We know his serve is a bit hit or miss every now and then. But I think Mokan is good enough to win, uh, I'd say, a decent amount of games in any given set. I think he could go down 6-4 in one or two sets. 6-4, 6-3, you still win. So Alcaraz could still roll, but not rolling by enough. I think that it's a bit of an over-adjustment because of what happened yesterday. I'm going to take Mulcan plus the five and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what we've been preaching on, on these podcasts. 
I think we're seeing right here with Alcaraz exactly what we're talking about with change of surface and having a couple of matches under his belt. He had the change of surface, um, and just like the previous matches before when he changed surface or the first match in the tournament, the overhit, it was 6-3, 6-Kun, 6-1 Alcaraz, 7-6 Alcaraz, and then you see him getting a little better. He had that match under his belt. Seven six six three Krajinovich, uh, over Krajinovich, six zero six two over Kakanov. So, I it's I think it's very tough with the money line being minus nine hundred. But I'm actually I'm going to disagree with you, and I think he's going to be able to pull something off. But you have a plus five and a half. I'm going for a number where the guy can where Alcaraz can win six four six four. So we may both get a we can both cash. Piece. But I, yeah, at the end of the but, day, once again. Alcaraz in order to cover five and a half. I think people don't fully, fully realize how difficult it is to cover five and a half or any of these huge spreads in a two out of three set match. Right. Like that's full on domination. I think Mulcan's good enough to win more than two games. Like Kakanov's a guy who I don't think either of us really like. I think he's okay. Uh, he struggled with Struff in the first round of this tournament. Do you like Kakanov as a player? Not really. I think Mulcan's a bit of an unknown, but from what I've seen, I think he's pretty good on clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, just for people to understand, uh, in order to cover that five-and-a-half spread for Alcaraz, he's going to have to win a, the match at bare minimum 6-3-6-3. Six, three, six, three. What that means is that he has to, if he's serving in the first set, he has to break one time, and he could get to 6-3. Could but be two. This- it depends who serves first. Right, exactly. If he serves, if he serves first in the first set, he can win six three on one break. But going into the second set, it's whoever served last returns in the second set. So unless Alcaraz broke him, well, it's actually impossible for him to do that. So uh, it's more than likely going to be that Alcaraz is now returning in the second set, which means he has to break him at least twice to cover that uh, that um, the five and a half and get there to six three six three. So yeah. it's it's tough. It's, yeah, it's easily the toughest match on the board for me. Uh, I'm going to go with the game, so I'm hoping Mulcan keeps it close. But either way, I think it's going to wrap it up for actual discussions for the semifinals. Are we picking any potential long shots to win either tournament left, or we're just going with Chalk with Rude and Alcaraz? Uh, let me take a look at some odds here. The Alcaraz is minus 330, but uh, I'm not even asking for odds. I'm just asking in general. Do you want to make a case for anybody else, or we're just going to stick with Chalk? I would really love to see team come out and win this tournament. So would I, I mean, but him against Barry be awesome. and then Rude would be just crazy. Nah, yeah, I think I think Rude is the uh, nice favorite here, and I think he's going to pull it out. But um, I, I think can't, really say, I can't do it. Yeah, Alcaraz. I mean, he, he, he's against Cerndolo, Musetti, and Molcan. Musetti plays Cerndolo, which is they're going to destroy each other. So, I no, I'm sorry, I'm going with yep. this. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going with chalk. We're on the same page, but either way, we're going to take one more quick break before we get into the lock and dog segment for today's show. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private information to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means all your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. 
IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed, on computers, tablets, phones, even Fire Stick devices while streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. Plus, IP Vanish has a great deal in place. It's offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months absolutely free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We just finished breaking down Gestad and Hamburg. Now it's time to go through the uh, people's favorite segments from the show. It's going to be the lock and dog segment where we talk about our favorite plays and what exactly we think is going to happen in the upcoming semifinals matchups. Sam, I'm going to let you go first. What is your lock for the show? All right, my lock for uh, tonight is going to be the Dominic team versus Berrettini match. It's going to be the over 22 and a half. I think both of these guys are uh, solid clay court tennis uh, players. Team is really showing off recently. He's really getting back into form. And Berrettini, you know, he's been steady on clay court. Very good. He gave up that one set versus Pedro Martinez today. So I think he's, he could be a little bit vulnerable, which could lead into uh, Dominic team's set or maybe even a tie break, and a tie break in a 6-4 will cash that lock there. Um, Dominic Team has gone to two tie breaks in his three matches in Gestad, and Berrettini has also gone to, let me see this, uh, uh, one out of his two matches goes to tie break, so I'm going to go with the over 22.5 minus 125. Okay, and my question for you then, since I definitely can understand your angle there, what is going to be your dog for the podcast? You know, I still have my dog live from the other podcast. I had the top half of the bracket. And the beauty of at plus 100 and the beauty of it is that you automatically have a player in the, fi- in the final. You don't lose Im- immediately. You know, you, you can watch it and root for Rude or someone like that to get into the final. But no matter what, you have a guy in the final. And if you see a tournament like last week when we saw Serendolo versus Baez, you automatically have a guy there. Even if those top guys loses, you still have a player that's going to be playing in that final. And I'm actually going to double down on that bet. And what I'm going to do is actually take Casper Rude to win Gestad tournament at plus 100 I think he's the best player here right now. He obviously made the finals in the French Open. Um, he did win 7-6, 7-6 today, which could be a little scary, but he really dominated the match. He well, got- Ramos had a harder match yes, uh, earlier because he went three sets with two breakers instead of two sets with two breakers. Right. I mean, Rude's not going to be playing. He'll play Ramos, and then he'll play either yep. Veratini and team in the final. But uh, basically is what I'm saying. My confidence have, has not wavered one bit. Um, He's the least vulnerable out of every single one of these players in this field. I'm still getting plus 100. I'm double downing on my top half bracket. All right, I still get the Ramos if he happens to beat Rude um, in the top half bracket, but I don't think that'll happen. I'm taking Rude to win this thing. Yeah, uh, for me, we're going to overlap a little bit when it comes to the actual lock here. I'm looking at team 
And I was contemplating if I wanted to go with the plus two and a half games or if I wanted to go with the over. I think I'm going to just double lock it. I think I'm going to go with the over as well. I think 22 and a half seems a bit low. We know Berrettini has been okay in this tournament, but the issue that you have with really just him up to this point is he hasn't played many clay matches this year. And team, even though it took him a while to get going following the injuries, I mean, if you were watching the match against that he had uh, against uh, Varius, he was just unbelievable, especially with the backhands down the line. We've seen team be in a couple of marathon matches. I think this could be one of them. And we know team stands so far back on the court that I do think he can return Berrettini's serve. You might see a bit more serve and volley from him. But there are a couple ways to cash this. Either it goes seven six six four, or you have three sets. And I do think that's definitely a possibility. So I'm actually going to just steal your lock, and I'm going to double lock it. I'm going to go right. with team and Berrettini over the 22-and-a-half. And for my dog for the podcast, I'm going to go back to the Musetti and Sarundolo match. And Musetti's been very good in this tournament. And Serendulo's been solid for the last couple of weeks. I know he had a bit of a rough time uh, against Karatsev, but he pulled it out. I'm going to go with the over two and a half sets. And that's been pretty kind to me for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to stick with it. And over two and a half sets is plus 135. I think it's a great price. We know that Sarundolo has the real just talent to win one or two sets in this matchup. But we know that he's also, I'd say, a little bit inconsistent with his energy levels and how we've seen him go three sets in two of the first three matchups in this tournament. Musetti's look comfortable. He did drop a set against Lahovic, but he's also had a couple of 7-6 and 1-7-5 set in there. So I do think you should see a bit of a war between those two. Plus 135 for a matchup that I think should be very close, and the odds are roughly minus 110 apiece. I think it's a great deal for plus 135. Yeah, I like that. And I like it a lot better than an enticing pick, which I talked about earlier in this podcast, but I really think is a trap. It's the Serendulo plus 100. He's been playing phenomenal. He's got pure momentum here. Uh, but I think it's a little weird that they just have him at plus 100. Um, and he's not even favored in this match against Musetti, who, you know, he has played well in this tournament, but has not played well before this tournament. And I think that's a, a spot that could get a little bit tricky for some people that's seen that plus 100. So, yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree with you that the over two and a half is a much better play there. I, I personally still think Musetti's going to win. I mean, Sarundolo has been very solid, but I got to wonder about fatigue because he won a title last week and immediately rolled it over into Hamburg, and he played three sets with a, th with a third set tiebreaker uh, against Karatsev. So I think that match, I agree with you, is going to be a trap, but I do like the over. So, Sam, that concludes the lock and dog segment. Uh, before we wrap up, anything you want to tell the people? Uh, what kind of tournaments are coming up uh, next week? I'm just curious. I don't know if you know. I haven't taken a look yet. Um, just uh, one to look out. We got Atlanta. We got Atlanta coming up, man. Is that the, is that next week? Yeah, you got qualifying uh, happening on Saturday, and you also have a tournament in Austria. So we got we got some matches to talk about. Back in the USA. All right, all right. So be excited for a little Atlanta Open back on hard court. That is also very exciting. We'll see some different players get there. We won't see the same clay court specialists uh, get into the finals. So, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, you, could, you guys can find me on at Sam Jacob Tennis. And also, I'll be here every episode of this podcast. So you know where to find me. Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. Upsides Tennis, still doing the WNBA podcast basically every day. 
Also, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we did an NBA podcast. Stay tuned for that. There should be one in the next week or so. So a lot to look forward to, a lot of content, a lot of tennis, especially for the next couple of weeks gearing up for the U.S. Open. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all your bets. Bye, everyone.